Hey folks, Gavin Roth here with episode 29 of the Roth Revenue Podcast. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing series, and the focus of this episode is branded content. Now the concept of branded content is hardly new. Brands like Nike and Red Bull have made it a cornerstone of their marketing plans for years. And perhaps unintentionally, they have led a subtle yet important pivot in the execution. More sponsors of branded content have bravely agreed to take a back seat, letting the story take center stage. And ultimately that makes the content more authentic and consumable. That is exactly what Scotiabank did with Hockey 24, the beautifully crafted 90 minute documentary that celebrates hockey at every level and through a diverse range of voices across this country. I'm joined by two key executives associated with the film. Mike Tasevsky, who is Vice President of Global Sponsorships at Scotiabank, and Hayes Steinberg, who is co-owner and Chief Creative Officer at The Mark, the agency that developed the film. We discussed the genesis of the project, the sell-in to Scotiabank, and the reason it was so important to the bank as an extension of their deep sponsorship of the NHL. Mike also shares more about his mandate in one of the top sponsorship jobs in the country. And we also discuss their respective journeys, their mentors, and their professional development advice. Hayes and Mike are two very intelligent people with super high EQ. They speak purposely, passionately, and eloquently. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or check out rothrevenue.com. Forward and let's roll. All right. Thanks. Uh, all right. So uh, 22 days ago um, on June the 11th, while I was having my C-spine reinforced <laughs> with rods and screws, um, Adweek published an article about a 90-minute documentary called Hockey 24. And the headline was, Scotiabank made a full-length hockey documentary that could be Canada's answer to the last dance. The opening paragraph read as follows. A feature-length documentary about Canadians' passion for hockey, much of it shot by the fans themselves over a single day, has become one of the biggest sports events in the country since live hockey came to a halt and the Stanley Cup playoffs were postponed due to the coronavirus outbreak. Now, I had the pleasure of watching uh, the film when it made its premiere on Sportsnet on May 24th, and I loved every second of it. And I'm not just saying that because you two are on this. Uh, an absolutely beautiful piece of storytelling. So let's flash forward to today. And it's my absolute honor and privilege to be joined by two of the forces behind the film. Mike Tasevsky, who is Vice President of Global Sponsorships at Scotiabank. And Hayes Steinberg, who is co-owner and Chief Creative Officer at The Mark. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time. Gavin, thanks for having us today. Thank you. So uh, we'll get into Hockey 24 shortly, okay? But first I'd love to discuss your respective journeys. You both have roles that my listeners would aspire to. So Hayes, I'm gonna start with you and, and, and excuse me here, but I started my career at Ogilvy and & Mather and my dream was to be a copywriter, but my father convinced me to get a business degree instead of going to journalism school. <laughs> and I ended up as a media planner and an account guy on the agency side for about six years. And I've been bitter ever since. Uh, so 
tell, tell us, how did you get into the creative side of the agency world? And then please transition, if you can, into talking about the mark. My, uh, my intro to the industry actually came from my father as well. Um, but uh, in a different path, he was a divorce lawyer who had a client who owned an ad agency in Ottawa. And when my dad knew uh, that I didn't really know where I was, what I was going to do with my life, where I was going to go with it, but he knew that I was a good writer and knew that I had a creative uh, energy to me. He introduced me to the owner of this agency. And when I walked into the agency, it was in an old um, home that had been modified for an office. There was a cutting table, uh, this is back in the 90s, but there was a cutting table where they would literally cut the ads out and put them on foam core boards to go and present it to client. And while a group of people were busy doing that, there was one guy in cargo, sh cargo shorts, a t-shirt, a baseball cap on backwards, Birkenstocks with his feet up on his desk, looking out into the backyard of this trans transformed home for an office. And I looked at him and, I, and he was just like sort of dreaming up in the sky with a pencil behind his ear. And I said, what does that guy do? And the owner said, he's our copywriter. And I said, that's what I want to do. Wow, it's and that easy? That easy, that easy. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I knew that I had to use my head and my heart and um, I knew that I wanted to change people's opinions and I wanted to really get people's reactions. Um, and with all of that put together, uh, I, I thought that this was a great platform to do that. That's awesome. So for those who don't know, typically in, in the, on the creative side, I'm not saying this to you guys, um, you, you tended to see, and I don't know if it's still this way, the, the teaming up of a, a designer, an art director and a copywriter. So you were, you were more that the writing side of that, right? And did you, did yeah. you often team up with somebody? Did you have a, a partner in crime or did you kind of just float? I did. Um, great question. So yeah, I have, uh, I, I would say that my career has been built almost on the backs of all of my art director partners. They have made me look amazing. They have made my thinking better and I have been very fortunate to work with wonderful people. And I will say, and it'll come up again, uh, partnership and, and that collaborative spirit has been yeah. cornerstone of the success of my career for sure. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it, art directors can write just as well as writers sometimes, <laughs> and writers can think just as visually as art directors sometimes. Yeah, well and I think the, the combination of those things really powerful. So talk about the mark, and obviously you do a lot of work with Scotiabank, but for those who may not know about your agency, just a little bit about, about that. We think of ourselves uh, at the mark as a creative consultancy focused on changing behavior. And um, we say it that way because uh, we really believe that creative work that breaks through will get your attention, but it has to be all for strategic and business building reasons. And when we dig into that, it is always, regardless, we're asking someone to change their behavior, to do something that they weren't doing. And so when we get into that uh, tension, that cultural tension or individual tension, we know that we can really sort of push uh, people to get them to do the thing we, we hope that they'll do. Uh, and we're a small but mighty company. We're a growing company. Um, we often talk about how we swing above our weight. When you see a project like Hockey 24, um, you know, I like to think of it, uh, see it and think of it as, well, that must have been a big team that pulled that off. Mm. It's about 11 of us. Uh, and then, you know, expand, 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 bring people in because of their amazing skill sets and work with amazing partners that Scotiabank had. But we are a very tight team and we really lean on each other heavily and happy to say that it's allowed us to pivot in hard moments, uh, in moments when the world presents us with challenges. Um, we feel like we're ready to 
take on those challenges without having to undo a lot of things. It's really just constantly moving ahead. And Gavin, as you said earlier, not a lot of looking back, a lot of looking forward. Yeah, we learn yeah. from our mistakes and then we move forward. Great. And great. I'm really proud of the team that we have. I'm really proud of uh, every single person that touched this project, but also all the people that I work with. Great humans who deeply care and are hardworking. And I'm really proud to be a part of that team. Yeah, life's too short to not be surrounded with uh, great people, right? I think that's one of the, the best parts of, and the most important parts of the work any of us do is just surround yourself with, or even in your personal life, right? Just positive, yeah. great, great people. Uh, Mike, um, you have one of the prize roles in all the sponsorship. Um, talk talk yeah. about how it came about and maybe talk about your current mandate at Scotiabank. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's, uh, I'm very fortunate. To, I mean, as an individual, um, my career path is very, very different to most people to where I am today. Yeah. I mean, when I tell the story, I started in the culinary culinary industry. People say, pardon me. So I'm actually a Red Seal chef. Like no. I graduated culinary school. Yes, I am. Do you know uh, I mean, so lucky, I lucky had, family. Wow. You know what? I had such a passion for food, but I saw the industry very differently. I, I saw it as, as a business opportunity. I really learned from the culinary industry, from the restaurant industry. Uh, I tell you, if you can own a restaurant, run a restaurant, you can do anything. You can tackle human resources. You yeah. can tackle marketing. You can tackle budgets. You, you can, the most important thing, understand how to connect with consumers and, and mm -hmm. have them adopt your business. And I think that was one of the biggest learnings I got out of being in that industry. Um, I stayed in it for a number of years. I was very fortunate. I worked with people such as Roger Berger in France. I worked with Melvin Pick, Peter Oliver. I opened Jump with Michael Bonaccini. No. So I touched. I touched. Did you so know this, Hayes? None of this. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, and, this is and I was well kept so fortunate. Yeah, and I was so fortunate that I could, you know, touch and feel all these different things. I remember cooking for Paul Newman at, no. at uh, Roy Thompson. I hope it wasn't salad was dressing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, stole your secrets. And, uh, and, and when you look at that, I remember, you know, uh, graduating culinary school from George Brown. I was so proud of it. And uh, I mean, it, and it just built a lot of skills. I stayed in the industry for a number of years, but once I had kids, um, two of my kids, I have two kids, um, very proud of what they've been able to achieve in life. And um, the one child in Hayes knows has a special needs child and she's 28. And mm. when she was born, there was a lot of you know, struggles in our lives and it mm. kind of built us and, and made us better people. And I said to myself, I can't stay in an industry that continually, continually takes me away from the oh, family. So I made very, very demanding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, when I look back at what I did, I, I'm so proud of the changes I've made and, and I moved out of the culinary industry more into sales and, and developing loyalty solutions. And, you know, because what I've always said to someone, you can learn a skill set. Doesn't matter the education, you will always yeah. have the ability to learn. Yeah, I mean, and and then I morphed into, you know, a very unique career through MasterCard with over 10 years with MasterCard. Um, I was very fortunate to work in New York for three years with MasterCard. I moved back two years. Uh, and then I had an opportunity to join Scotiabank and stay in the sponsorship landscape. Yeah. And very, very fortunate as an individual, but you know, it didn't come easy. And you know, part of what I say to people is you've got to create your own destiny and, and make the changes that you want for yourself and, and, and just be open to that change. Yeah, yeah, well said. So your, your current mandate and what in, always intrigues me is when I see these 
you know, and for those who don't know, the global aspect of it, because I do follow, yeah. I've got a history working with Scotiabank, so I follow and I know some of your, your colleagues and your former colleagues, you guys have partnerships with FC Barcelona and, and you've yeah. got deep roots in the Caribbean and all that. Talk about just the mandate, uh, your mandate when you came in, what, what, what defines success for you? Obviously, the NHL is a big part of that too here, here in Canada. It is, and and typically, you know, moving into a, a large role of this sort, um, I've always taken on these challenges by listening and learning and understanding the environment first. Um, you know, Scotiabank has done a phenomenal job with all the partners that they've brought on board. I'm very fortunate to have a portfolio that's so unique, um, heavily embedded in hockey to support that Canadian landscape, football in the in the LATAM market. You mentioned FC Barcelona. It's been an honor and a pleasure to work with that organization. Um, they stand at a different level as it relates to uh, sports organizations. Uh, they're more than just a football uh, team. They're beyond that. They're, they're an organization that tries to connect with communities, people. They try to influence change. And that's what I'm seeing more and more of. And, and I look at our partnerships, even our hockey partnerships, we're so fortunate to who we're partnered with. You know, MLSC as an organization has been part of my DNA for many, many years. Even with MasterCard, I worked with them very, very closely. Sure. Um, and, and I look at what's happening in the landscape. I'm so encouraged, excited for the opportunity for Scotiabank for the future and what we can do with these current properties and how we can continue to investigate to support these and prop them up even further. So, yeah, you know, working in this role is unique, challenging. Um, but I've got a team of individuals that I'm so proud of. Um, it's incredible. They've been driving this for years and I've just, you know, got into the driver's seat now and I will continue driving with them. That's the way Great I look stuff. at it. Great stuff. Gavin, if I may, if yeah, I may, please, I'd love Hayes. to add something to of what Mike just said. Yeah. Um, this is about Mike, so it's relevant. But okay. All right. Then it's allowed. I'll allow it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, two, two things here. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Mike joined the, the Scotiabank team just after uh, this uh, Hockey 24 idea was presented. And one of the most amazing things about Mike uh, was, I, I guess, maybe his belief and in and respect for community. Community means different things to different people. It'll mean different things in different conversations. But with Mike, he came in and he embraced his community at Scotiabank. They embraced him. And it's because of the way he is as a human, 100%. But when I hear Mike talk about the hockey uh, work in, in Canada and the football work in Latin, which we're also involved in and are honored to work on with Mike and his team. Um, it is all about community there too. It's about the communities that benefit from their meaningful support in hockey or football, but it's also about the communities in each of those regions, especially in LATAM. There are so many differences in each of those countries with each of those communities within those countries. And what yeah. Mike and team do so well is respect for community really let the voices rise up in each of those communities, whether it's his team at Scotiabank working on it or the branch manager in you know, Costa Rica somewhere, yeah, yeah. Uh, that the community is so important to, to Mike. And you feel that from Mike and you feel it all the way across everything that he works on. And it is a beautiful part of how he manages awesome. his team and it's a funny. beautiful part of how it comes alive. It, it reminds me, yeah. yeah, go Mike. Thank you very much, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and, and listen, uh, I do it, uh, you know, for one particular reason, and, and I think I've mentioned to both of you, is it's, it's all about the people. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's not only the people we work with, it's, it's as you mentioned, um, Hayes, it is the community. Um, you know, I mean, giving back to the community, 
there's power in community, uh, especially during these difficult times. Oh. Yeah, you know I mean, and, yeah. and and what we do with our programs, um, you know, it, we're the voice of empathy. You know, we reflect as a, you know as a brand on, on the values that we bring forward, and you know, I think that's what that's what excites me most about what Scotiabank does is that community means so much to them as an organization, and and it means a lot to me as an individual. Um, you know, what I mean, and what we can bring back with the team. Well said, and, and it reminds me early, earlier in my career when I was heading up partnerships at the CFL, and it, it's part of Scotiabank's DNA, very much so. And you're yeah. you're 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 certainly carrying the mantle. That back then, mid two thousands, we we came to together on a partnership, Scotiabank and the CFL. And what drove that really was this understanding of the importance of the league in the communities across the country. It's easy for us in, in Toronto to look at it through that lens, but if you go to Regina, you go to Winnipeg, you go to um, Calgary and, and even Montreal, you, you, you really feel the importance. And it was engaging those Scotiabank leaders in those communities who, and listening to them um, and, help, and allowing them to amplify it in ways that 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 resonated in those communities. So that theme of community, I've seen that throughout, and you're right, it is so important. So really well said. Um, let's pivot to mentorship. It's been a theme in many of my episodes, and I've gotten away from it in the past three, but I've been asked by some loyal listeners to bring it back and ask and ye shall receive. And um, so Mike, uh, I'll start with you. Any people who have inspired yeah. you up along the way? You know what? It, there's many, many people, and I've been sure. fortunate to, yeah, see so many of them. But it, it really starts from my mother. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I look at, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, I look at them coming into this country as immigrants, and and what they had to do back then to really kind of bring the life that we have today, or where I am today, it wouldn't have been without my mother. Um, mm. She was such a strong individual, um, always thinking of us first, and. And, and, and trying to build a better life for us because I know what they came from. Um, I, and I always reflect on that, just the power in her mind and, and her thoughts that she brought forward every day. That to me is a powerful mentor. Um, and not to say I haven't met many different people through my career path. Um, I've, met, I've been very fortunate to touch many different people and, and hear their voices. And yeah, I mean, they still, I, I look for them still in the future. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even during my career now, I think having a mentor, someone you can talk to, yeah. someone that provides that different view of life in their current roles to better understand what makes them click, I think is so important. I think the last mentor that I had was Raja Raja Manar, the CMO for MasterCard. Mm -hmm. um, I, I loved his thoughts, his you know, the way he directionally looked at, you know, how do I take a brand to the next level? Um, you know, what are the thinkings? What are the people? What, what are the tools that I need to provide people to get to them, to, to have them build and strive to help me build that brand? And it's also just listening. Uh, I think uh, having a mentor, you want to just listen to him and sure. take those nuggets and you can bring forward. I think that's where and I continue to reflect on some of the people I've met over over my over my journey. It's been phenomenal. Well said, Hayes. How about you? Well, it's strange to say, but as I hear Mike speak, he's quickly becoming a mentor. Little does he know. Um, <laughs> I, I would also say, 
Yeah, I mean it. Um, I really do. Thank you. I would also, I, my, my mentors are all uh, humanists, if that makes sense. They, they really take the time to understand human behavior, and that has always been very motivating to me. I have specific names. I have um, my two best friends who I, I've grown up with since kindergarten, met the first day of kindergarten. We traded lunch boxes. We traded names. We insisted our parents called us by the other kid's name. I went home as Kenny. Uh, my friend Kenny went home as Hayes. They had no idea what to do with this. Yeah. So th those, uh, my buddies Kenny and, and Jason are, are both uh, tremendous mentors to me. They're both independently successful businessmen. They both live in Ottawa, still my hometown. They're wonderful humans with amazing families who just know how to think about this world. And they are constant sources of love and support and mentorship to me that's so cool the, wow. yeah yeah it's amazing it's powerful it it, it strengthens so me so wait are, are you are you hayes or are you kenny like or who, kenny. yeah what is your do you have a birth certificate it stopped at a certain point i guess <laughs> actually I actually yeah. no we we may actually flow back and forth still like we yeah, all, don't all doubt that. the three of us feel like that <laughs> and then in the business i have i have tremendous mentors too and i'm going to call out three names that have been very meaningful to me i'll say i've had great teachers they're not, they aren't always mentors, though. Um, my teachers have taught me the good and the bad. Mm. And my mentors have all been, like I said, humans first. Um, creative directors at John Street for years, Angus Tucker and Stephen Jurisic. I worked with them years ago at an agency called Amirati Puris. And mm. they took the time to teach me the details of the smallest of things. And they, took, they really pushed me to expand my thinking and think big. And they built me up with confidence and they were always there for me. I'll never forget them. They don't know this. I'm going to send them the link when this is done. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I, I try to tell them, but I don't think they take it as much as it's powerful to me, if that makes sense. They're just humble guys and I sure. love them for it. And then um, Andy McCauley is another one who, uh, you know, an amazing mind, uh, part of Roche McCauley for years, part of Zig for years, part of Rethink for years, an amazing human, an amazing strategic thinker, and uh, a real challenger of thought uh, in the most respectful of ways. And I'll never forget almost every single moment I ever spent with him, the way that he thought about a problem, the way that he approached other people, the way that he pushed clients, the way that he pushed himself. Um, I couldn't have more respect for that guy. And uh, I keep him in my life to this day, uh, whether he likes it or not. Love it. Love it. That's such good stuff. Yeah. I, I love what comes out of those mentorship discussions. I never know which way it's going to go. And it's just it's those are gems from both of you thank you all right so let's get into hockey 24 i was actually going to set it up a different way but we'll come back to the giving of voice because that i know was yeah. very important to us so let's get into hockey 24 i've had the pleasure of speaking at some forums pre and post or pre and during the pandemic obviously live and virtual about sponsorship marketing trends and one of them that i've highlighted is storytelling through branded content and now I get it, that's not a new trend in and of itself, but there has been a subtle yet important pivot in the execution. And the sponsors of branded content have bravely agreed to take a back seat and let the story take center stage. Um, what you used to see, and we've talked about this, is branded content, the brands used to just beat you over the head with their brand in fear that they're not gonna get recognized or noticed. But, this idea of just subtle integration. And ultimately, that's what makes the content more authentic and consumable. So Hayes, I wanna start with you. Congrats on this amazing film. Talk about the genesis of Hockey 24 
and the sell-in process to Scotiabank, which I always find interesting as well. Uh, wow, there's a good story here. <laughs> I, I will say that I, I'd like to touch on what you just said in terms yeah. of um, uh, the, the sponsorship and the authentic um, integration of the brand into the, the branded content. Yeah. I will say, you know, for me, I, I sort of have two rules here. One is if there's deep relevance, and two, you know, for that brand to be there, or, and I think the second one is, and this is really true in, in both are true in Scotia's case, but the second one, especially after years of being involved in the sport in meaningful ways at all levels, it was yeah. very easy for us as a partner with Scotiabank to tell this story the way that we did and not have to jam any extra branding into it. The branding is meaningfully and naturally there, authentically there, rink boards, scoreboards, toques, jerseys, and this isn't just this year because we decided to put on a movie. This has been going on for as long as, Gavin, you talked about your CFL days and your relationship with Scotiabank. They have been doing hockey content and hockey sponsorship and meaningful hockey support since then, and even before then, you know, with magazines back in the 70s about hockey and Scotiabank. And so it's a meaningful, deep history that this brand has with this sport. And if it didn't, you would then need the relevance. Like, how does the brand fit into that sport? You know, Gatorade does it well, Nike does it well, Red Bull does it well, those guys all do it well. But how does a bank get involved in a sport? Yeah. It, it, it happens, and it happens through all that effort and really telling those stories over the years. Now, jumping to answer your question, mm. um, the, uh, when we first presented this idea, it wasn't universally met with uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mike knows. Uh, Mike yeah, met it with enthusiasm yeah. right away. Uh, yeah. But there, there were, it, it's, you know, I, I like to describe it this way. When you are presenting an idea as, a, as an agency, as a creative team, um, you go in and you really try to find all the ways to help your client see what you see, imagine what you're imagining. And sometimes that takes references. Sometimes it helps to show well, it happened well over here for that brand, so maybe we could do something like this for your brand. Problem with that is it's a little too, uh, it's already been done before. And so when you go in with an idea like this, I didn't have many references. And you really have to find new ways of uh, persuading your client to see your vision for why this is strategically right for the brand and why it's right for the brand's uh, you know, business building impact in the future. And so we had some of those conversations early on. Well, how is this going to be right? And why would it be right? And what kind of partnerships could we, you know, bring into this? And a lot of the conversations and a lot of the challenges that came from the client really helped us to shape this in the tightest of ways possible. And so while not everyone nodded their heads like this from the get-go, I think even a little bit of this helped us really tighten and strengthen our idea. And it got to a better place because of the partnership between us and Scotiabank. Uh, um, I will say, you know, Mike's, uh, I think, do I call Clinton your boss? I think I call him your boss. Yeah, he is, yeah. Mike, Mike's boss, Clinton, the mm. instant he saw it, went, we're doing this. That's and cool. we're doing this on one day. And he had no questions, just yeah. went right into it. That's a shout out to Clinton Morganza. Yeah, he's a great guy. I've known Clinton over the years. Um, Mike, over to you. Why was this so important to Scotiabank? Just talk about your thoughts on the project and yeah, the importance of it, the why. Yeah, you know, I, I when I first joined, I sat in a boardroom. I don't know if Hayes, you were there, and we were talking about what we've done in hockey as a whole. And 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 I, I think, like I said earlier, I've been fortunate to take on a portfolio that represents so much in Canada, 
Um, and, and we've been able to connect with hockey fans throughout the years. Um, but you also have to think differently. We've built a lot of brand equity in hockey with Scotiabank. And when you look at that, you've got to think differently. Consumers want to consume things differently now too. They want to hear that storytelling. They want to hear that experiential component of what brand, how brands are, are supporting different um, businesses or communities or whatever it is. There's a laundry list of items that you can kind of reflect on. But when you look at what um, the film itself enabled us to do is, is really tell a unique story to connect what we've done over the years. So when I look at it, it's, it's, it's a culmination of everything to coming together through this very unique film um, and really saying to hockey fans and Canadians as a whole, this is what we stand for. And, and we want to be proud of what we've built here over the years and supporting the community. And this just kind of wove into it. When I first saw it myself too, I bought into it right away. There was no question because um, you need to touch people differently. And this is a way for our brand to touch the people differently. And there's, okay. it's a piece of art. I, 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 spoke, um, I spoke to a news reporter about, you know, what I felt about Hockey 24. To me, what Hayes and his organization did was they actually built a piece of art. They did. Uh, a piece of art that will actually live for a long period of yeah, time. A visual piece of art, yeah. It is. And I think when you look back and, you know, let's say 10 years from now, you can still turn this piece on and it mm. still has re relevance. Love so it, us as it. a brand to be associated with that, we're fortunate. So I'll look back at this 10 years and I'll say, boy, Scotiabank had uh, an opportunity to connect with consumers and, and people within that hockey landscape, not only hockey, but people in general that have a passion for, for what this did on connectivity and connecting people. And that's the way I envisioned it. Uh, even when I first saw it, I was, you know, so excited to for the team to continue working on this, and look at the culmination. At the end of the end is what we've got. Like I said, a great piece of art. So when when the three of us had a pre-chat about this podcast, a theme emerged that I absolutely loved, and and we all agreed. Let's bring it forward today. And that theme is giving a voice to others. Hayes, it really stood out in Hockey Twenty Four as a storyteller. You gave a voice to so many groups who are either disadvantaged or marginalized. Speak to the power and the importance of that. Um, for starters, I knew that I had a, a client team that was going to be very receptive to this. Uh, Scotiabank, it's in their DNA. They just, um, they've always been in an organization that open arms differences and welcomes in people and the differences are celebrated and respected and, uh, you know, often amplified. And uh, I've always really respected that about all the people there, all the people that I've worked with. Um, I will say though that uh, I, you know, I grew up on hockey, uh, Ottawa boy with a Montreal dad who, um, you know, we went to see the Canadians when I was young. We played at our local rink um, in our, you know, in our neighborhood outdoors till two in the morning with friends and uncles and, you know, I, hockey was in my blood growing up and so I have been exposed to many a hockey story but we didn't want to tell the same stories that we had seen before so it was a real um, focus of ours to try to tell lesser known stories lesser told stories and what that meant was uh, finding the, the lesser obvious places to mm. even tell those stories the least less obvious places to tell those stories so when looking for stories and doing our story mining process we brought journalists on to our team to help us find stories that hadn't been told 
um, and help us find, you know, the storytellers that hadn't been given that voice before. And whether that was people who are visible minorities or uh, people with a visual impairment even, or yeah. uh, people who have different physical abilities, uh, it was really important to us to bring all those stories to life in authentic ways that respected their journey that would then be a compelling story for you know the audiences to watch that was our goal that was our priority beautiful and it came out so perfectly i didn't know it was just a, a just a wonderful stitching together of the fabric of hockey at every level and through every lens and so it it's you you nailed it so kudos Kudos on that. Mike, you shared with us a leadership philosophy that embraces yeah. this notion of empowerment. You know, either you can welcome to pick up a little bit on what Hayes said, but I'd love you to speak about or elaborate on that leadership and empowerment philosophy. You, you, I loved what you told yeah. us in our pre-conversation. Yeah, I, I, my whole career, I've never been about hierarchy. Um, you know, I feel that everyone has to have a voice at the table. Um, and, and, and you want to empower people to grow. Uh, I think that's the key thing for me. Um, you know, you look at, you know, some of the people coming up, some of our youth now and, and the power in their voices. And, you know, the younger generation has changed differently. When I was growing up, you know, they have larger voices. And I, and I absolutely love that. Um, and, and idea thinking. And, and for me, it's all about everyone's got an idea, let them put that on the table at the end of the day. I don't restrict in any way, shape or form. And I think Hayes, you could see me during meetings. I embrace change. I embrace people bringing their voice to the table. Doesn't matter what level you're at, um, where you stand in an organization, you should all have the power to speak. Um, and what that does is, 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 is help people grow. It, it allows people to really understand, I have the ability to do what that individual can do in that seat. I want to kind of strive to that position as well. And he's giving me the opportunity to do it. And I've always seen that. I've been fortunate. Uh, I've trained a lot of people over my career. Um, and I've always had that philosophy, even when I own my own businesses, you know, that's even tougher because at that point you're putting your business in the hands of a junior individual and you're saying, take the power and run my business. And, and that's risky. You got to admit that is risky, oh, yeah. but I've done it and I've been able to succeed in that way. And I've seen some of these people grow. They own their own businesses now. And how oh, proud cool. can you be as an individual to see that happen? Good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, Mike, having you on, I'd be remiss if we didn't cover some sponsorship insights and philosophy. Sure. The, the NHL is set to return. Looks so like excited. looks like two Canadian cities will be the hubs. I mean, whoever heard the term yeah. hub city, another term we could add to our yeah. 2020 list yeah. of new terms, hub cities. Very cool. I'm intrigued personally by what innovations we're going to see from sponsors and media rights holders. Um, maybe how does the new normal in sports change the way Scotiabank approaches your sponsorship of the NHL? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a bit of a techno geek, so I'm, I'm really excited for all the change that is taking place. I, I think sponsorship in the past was all about, you'd get a partner phone you and say, do you want to buy this rink board? Do you want to buy this logo on the field? Or do you want to do this? It's changed so much and it's so exciting. Um, you know. The way I envision it is, um, you know, the way consumers will consume 
media, the way they, uh, you know, a partner will connect with consumers will be different. The cashless environment, I'm hearing more and more of that. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, which is very unique. I, and, and, and I embrace that because when you look at it, that gives you or the partner the ability to connect differently. There's another stream. Um, you know, the biggest thing that we hear quite often right now with the changing landscape of sponsorship is we can't answer every question because there's so many unknowns. Um, we're excited that hockey's coming back. Um, I think we hear so many new acronyms or new, so many new words being used to kind of establish what you're gonna do in the future. Um, and, and that's interesting. And, and, I'm, and we look back and I'm saying, what we set today will be the future. And that's exciting because it's gonna be different to the old sponsorship the way we do things, the way we connect with the consumer, the rink boards, the digital screens, the, the mobile devices, you know, when someone sits in the seat, what do they do? So I, we're excited about the journey and we're excited to kind of tackle this new new norm as everyone puts it. Um, and in, it, who, in, in the government plays a role, there's so many people playing different roles right now to really kind of set the stage for the future and, and the future will be different, but I think we're going to embrace it in a big way and just follow the path and continue to understand what we can do big, bigger and better through this new normal. As a viewer sitting at home, because we obviously can't go and sit in the seats yet. Yeah. Um, are there any kind of broadcasts or streaming innovations you're hearing about that you can maybe tease or is that still kind of to come? It's still to come and, yeah. and, and I'll push the envelope, yeah, I mean, because, you know, I think we can challenge ourselves to be different now um, yeah. and, and have that kind of be absolutely the new move forward. Yeah, I mean, why not try it? You've got the opportunity to do it um, and, and we'll embrace it. You know, we'll embrace those changes and, yeah. and investigate it works for our business. And uh, that's the most exciting part of what we're trying to do. And and even in all our portfolios, I've seen how a lot of these organizations have really pivoted their business. Hot Docs is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where the hot docs, you know, really you're going to a cinema, but you're not now. You're going to your TV or your, yes. you know, your coach or, or your digital devices and, and consuming what they brought forward in a brick and mortar location is now being brought forward digitally. So it's exciting. Yeah. I, we, we're going to embrace it moving forward. Good stuff. I mean, as a, uh, as a cr create proud to be a creative, uh, uh, and have a creative mind and use that on a daily basis. One thing I would say, whether it's the world of sponsorship or the world period is right now is time for change. And yeah. I think if you're someone who understands how to use big ideas to change things, this is your moment. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, sorry, but yeah. the world's going to keep moving and keep changing and you either are a part of it or you aren't. And yeah. I think in hockey and basketball, uh, you know, and yeah, you and I are I'm both, really... yeah, you and I are both diehard Raptor fans. So yeah, Huge. We could, yes, there, there's lots of innovation coming and I'm really excited wow. for it. And I think there's lots of change coming in the world and I'm really excited for that too. Yeah. And I think yeah, this is same. a moment to use big ideas. Cool. And um, test the mode, Hayes. Honestly, yeah. just be willing to test. Because um, yeah. consumers are willing to adopt right now, too, yeah. you know, in this change landscape. So that's the beauty of what we have in front of us moving forward. Yeah, one of the things I'm hearing is a little bit more access, right? And and it's interesting yeah. because the I'm sure you guys followed it, but the NBA, Adam Silver's concerned 
that given the intimacy of an NBA game and broadcast, you're going to pick up language that is not suitable for <laughs> viewers, right? It, it's True. different than the Bundesliga or, or, the, yeah. or La Liga where there's a little bit more space and you don't pick up the banter from the players. But this idea of miking up coaches, miking up, you know, or piping in fan sound, um, miking up the players could be good, could be challenging. I'm, I'm intrigued to see yeah. which way that goes. I don't know if you guys have heard anything on that front or comment on that access aspect. And that goes back to the testing. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be some learnings there as well. Um, yeah. You know, the PGA is executing it fairly well right yes. now. It's interesting. And I've always said, I'm, and I did a lot of work with the PGA over my career, and I've always said, if you've got to push the boundaries as it relates to the media being distributed to consumers, because they want to hear what uh, Tiger's going to use as yes. a club for 150-yard drive. They want to hear the banter between the caddy. Um, yes. And I think all the leagues will have something similar. Um, but I think they'll make it work in the end because that's what consumers want. They want to hear that banter going on. Well, I don't know if you caught the nine hole little charity thing before the rocket mortgage event. And it was Jason day, Bubba Watson, uh, Harold Varner and Wesley Bryan, I think. And, and all they were talking about was, uh, I think, uh, the show Bigfoot or some documentary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were obsessed with that. <laughs> this yeah. is what this is what these multi-millionaire golf pros talk about, and it is. But what it is, uh, Gavin, it's humanizing the individual. Correct. Correct. I think that's what it is. They're just like you and I and Hayes here. We watch our, you know, Netflix. We watch our shows yeah. that we love, like Peaky Blinders. Like I've heard someone yes. talking about Peaky Blinders and. But that's what consumers want. They want the human part of that individual. They're certainly an athlete, uh, a yes. well-tuned athlete, but they want to hear their day-to-day -day life. Beings, they yeah. Really do. yeah, they're human well, beings. Yeah. On, on that topic too, I can say one of the most powerful moments, if, I, if you don't mind me dipping back into the Hockey 24 experience. Of course. Yeah. Um, once the film went live on the Hot Docs website, as Mike referenced earlier, I had the opportunity to be interviewed by one of the programmers at uh, Hot Docs. And um, I was interviewed along with Cassie Campbell and Nicole Durand, who is um, the sledge hockey player in the film. Oh. And in the, in the course of the interview, uh, you saw the uh, Nicole looking up to Cassie relationship change. And it was Cassie looking up to Nicole. Oh. And one of the most amazing parts of this film, maybe the moment we're in in our human history, is that to Mike's point, the humanizing of our heroes is really, and maybe this is, you know, true and pure to Mike's, one of his earlier comments, there is no hierarchy. When that, no. in that call, there was no hierarchy between Cassie and Nicole. There was no difference. It actually really leveled the playing field. You saw Cassie being a human and you saw Nicole being a hero. Yeah, well said. And Cassie's a special person. So I'm not, not surprised to hear that. Um, all right, guys, let's wrap with professional development advice. This has been tremendous. Always a key part of my podcast is just words of wisdom for the listeners on, you know, from a professional development standpoint. Hayes, I'll give it to you, and then Mike, I'll give you the last word. From a professional development perspective, community and relationships are key. We've talked a lot about this in this in this uh, this interview and mm -hmm. in this chat, and I say nothing happens without great relationships 
and great partnerships. Yeah. So don't burn bridges. <laughs> Keep your bridges strong. Yeah. Uh, you never know what, when that two-way relationship is going to benefit you. And, um, you know, regardless of what happens with my future with Mike or with Scotiabank, I hold my relationships dear to me out of respect and out of care. And I think that's something that everyone should be really mindful of is keep your relationship strong. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Number two, keep your head down and do the work. Oh. Don't get political. Don't worry about other things. Do the work and everything else, else will follow. Yeah. Raises will follow. Promotions will follow. Unbelievable opportunities will follow. Just do the work. I would also say uh, leave no stone unturned. Be super curious and oh. always push. Um, I would also say hire people that are smarter than you. Uh, you know, we talked about before having a great team around you. Uh, I only am capable of what I am because of the people that are around me and you're, they're usually smarter. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and just, uh, I guess, always keep a positive attitude. Uh, that is one of Mike's, I think, cornerstones. Oh, yeah. You don't see Mike get negative. You don't see Mike complain. There is no room no. for it. No, there's not. No. But, well, I don't know if he left anything for you, Mike, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, please, last word to you. Um, but, you know, I, I, I concur with all his thoughts, but I think for me is, and I always say this to a lot of people that I meet, is embrace change. Um, and and embrace change in a very positive outlook. Um, take, your, take your mind and say, can I do it? Um, can I find the people to help me get there? Um, and, and that's the way you grow as an individual, but also, as Hayes mentioned, really, really looking at the journey through a positive lens. Um, I think looking through a positive lens allows you to really think differently. Because um, then you can overcome all those challenges and say to yourself, I can do it. Um, and, I, I, and I tell a lot of the kids coming up, uh, leaving and in, moving into their new careers, that's the way you should embrace it. Um, and, and constantly put that on your mind because you will, you will win at the end of the day, but win in a very thoughtful and collaborative way with people. Always think about that, that thoughtfulness is so important in the journey and respecting what everyone's environment is around them because we don't know what happens in our lives every day or I don't know yeah. what happens in yours every day. Yeah. So just respect that is, is what I look for. So, um, but those are really kind of the, the values that I look forward um, to every day. And, and, and I open the door in the same way through a positive lens. I'll come into your door every day looking the same way. I won't change. Um, and I think that is so, so important. Um, and that's really the way our mantra of living life is. Well said. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny too. You know, if you don't mind me like picking yes. on you for a second, Mike, there's a, yeah. there's a, an interesting con contrast in embrace change, but stay true to the things that you believe in. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So Matt. true. Yeah, it yeah, is so true. Gentlemen, yeah, yeah I listen. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insights. And I want to wish you both a safe and healthy summer. Thank you. Thank you, Gavin. You too. Gavin, thanks for posting. Hey, it's a pleasure. As always.